Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical abortions shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up. Take care and spread the word. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor. How's everyone doing? Good? I don't usually record on Sunday mornings. I don't usually release an episode on Sundays. Um, but I had to take two days to just catch my breath and take a breather. And honestly, I didn't even want to watch Ultimate Girls Trip, Ex-Housewives Club, Berserkshires, Bluestone Manor, Party, Sleepover, Dorinda's show. I don't know what the show is. But I don't want to watch it. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to lay in my bed and dissociate and just shut the world off. So I did that. But um, also in the beginning of this episode, um, I did, uh, if, if you heard it, yay. If not, I understand because I do put ads in the beginning of the episode. So it's okay if, that, if you skipped over it. But in the beginning of the episode, I did share a message of where you can get more resources to get more involved and how to work with organizations that work towards reproductive care access. I put it in the beginning of the episode. And if you want more information, you, you can also see it in the description of this episode. I'm going to be putting it in there for an unforeseeable future because 
The Supreme Court decision on Friday has massive implications on the rest of the world and on the rest of our lives. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that even though I live in a blue state where uh, access to abortion is not just easy, but it's also um, at any time. So New Jersey is a state that has a no restriction abortion law. So that means that you can get an abortion in New Jersey whenever you want. Um, We have like I think almost 100 clinics that do provide it for even people who are out of state. We're considered like an abortion safe haven state. We have um, organizations in our state that will provide funding to people who have to come from out of state to get their abortions. Um, We're a good state. But even though we have those, all it takes is one Republican, one right-winger to come into our government and change it, right? (laughs) We know this now, that all it took was Trump, you know, turning our Supreme Court to what it is. Um, So anyway, before I get too emotional about it, all I wanted to say was, if you listen to the beginning of this episode and every episode moving forward, there will be uh, resources available in the message of where you can get more information about reproductive care, how to get more involved, um, and how to get more access. And two, uh, I will be putting that information in the notes of this episode. So that's that on that. I uh, will hopefully now talk about Rahasa's ultimate girls trip and I will hopefully be a distraction for you um, because we all could use a distraction. Sometimes we just need to dissociate. And so let's do it. Let's talk about ultimate girls trip, ex-housewives in the Berserkshires at Bluestone Manor, season two, episode one. on this show like it's fucking Downton Abbey and Dorinda, okay? We are seeing Bluestone Manor truly like it's Downton Abbey, and Dorinda treats it like it's Downton Abbey. But more than anything, Dorinda is just excited to show the world how to make it nice. I mean, she is going full steam into this lady of the manor shit, and we'll talk about it later. Um, Then we go to Phaedra and her basically adult children, Aiden and Dylan. Oh, my God. They're full adults. Okay. And one of them looks a lot like Apollo. It's weird. It's like, obviously, that's his father. Like, he's going to look like Apollo. But then when I saw his face, I was like, damn, that's a baby Apollo. I don't know. I've got two kids. Like, I've got two boys also named Aiden, but not Dylan. Noah. And um, it's always funny to me when people are like, oh, my God, your one son looks exactly like you or you're, oh, my God, he's your husband's twin. I'm always like, of course he is. That's his father. But I'm doing the exact same thing with Phaedra's kids. I don't know. It's like I haven't seen Apollo in a while, except I guess we're going to see him on <laughs> on Atlanta. Um, and I also saw him on in the background of a uh, Love Match Atlanta episode. But anyway, I haven't seen Phaedra next to – I haven't seen Apollo next to Phaedra in a while. So it was, like, funny to see, like, a teeny tiny version of him. Anyway, her kids are beautiful. I mean, so is Apollo. Um, Eva is with her uh, boo and their kids, and she doesn't know where the Berkshires are, but she's just excited to go to Massachusetts where pot is legal. 
to that I say, yeah, girl, get it. Taylor Armstrong is in a closet with Kennedy, who is 15, and she has come a long way from her, like, what was it, like a six-figure fairy princess Tinkerbell birthday party that she hated? (laughs) I feel like that's the last time I saw her. That's the last time I saw Kennedy was her looking fucking miserable at that birthday party. Um, But anyway, Taylor looks great, and Taylor, but Taylor says that Dorinda seems classy, (laughs) classy and elegant. Okay, Taylor. So it, it turns out you're still a little delusional, but sure. Not a great read of people, but okay, great. Um, she says that she's excited to see everyone, but she's nervous about Brandy. Then we go to Brandy, and she's talking to Jake, who has also come a long way from pissing in pools at a Maloof party. She says that she's calmed down, and I don't believe her because she's also having a conversation about Hulk's dick with her son. She says something later on, which I'm like, okay, I know who you are, Brandy. And I, I, I'm i on the fence about this kind of personality on reality TV. Um, and then we go to Tammy Sue in the OC and Vicky faking ass cancer storyline, Gonvolson. And they're FaceTiming and they're excited to be back on TV. And they're playing fully into this dumb blonde OC thing. I, I just don't think it's cute. It's not cute for women in their 50s to not know how to say Massachusetts. It's not It's not cute. And like this whole thing of Vicky being like, what, what, what is it? I don't know. Uh, 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 it's so stupid. Like they don't know the name of the state or the name of the show they're on. It's just like, it's not funny. I don't know. Like I just don't think it's funny to be like, I'm so aloof. Like it's like they, it's like they're dumb blondes and then they're playing into being adult dumb blondes. And it's just... It's not adorable. I don't know who, like, somebody needs to tell them it's not funny. It's not funny. Um, anyway, Vicky still thinks that she's an ex-housewife, so we are just setting the stage for delusion all across the board. Then we get the intro music of the show. And I also put this on this episode, but I just have to say, it's no Housewives on the Island. Somebody online called it the Luigi Luigi's Mansion music and I don't that's like the most spot on version but you guys I love this music like it kind of it's obviously very Luigi's Mansion it reminds me of the Real Houses of New Jersey music which is like kind of haunted right like the Real Houses of New Jersey and the Real Houses of OC music is fully a haunt like a scary movie like New Jersey New York was always that boom boom like New York's music was like Woman on the go, business lady, and um, Atlanta has that pop, 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 pop. Like it has that fun music. Potomac has that go, go beat, which is like super duper fun. Miami has that a whole a whole song. Was it Salt Lake City has like the church choir? But actually, Salt Lake City could also be music from a TV show with you know ghosts. Like I, I, I mean, like a scary show, a horror show. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, a spooky show. and um, But OC and New Jersey are definitely like, I feel like I could watch a show right now about um, ghosts. And and this music is kind of reminds me of the same thing, of like a similar do-do-do-do-do. I mean, that's Luigi's Mansion. But also this, it, <laughs> it sets it up like Berkshire, the Bluestone Manor is haunted. And I believe it is because that bitch has been there for a long time. And I don't believe that there were ever not slaves in there. 
Okay, like I feel like white people have murdered people of color in that house. I live in New Jersey, right? And I live right next to a town called Montclair. And um, I'm also near Morristown, which are two very old towns in the in our country. They're like towns from the 1800s. And I think Mar- Morristown's been around since like the 1700s. But anyway, it, they're old fucking towns. And they have old, these like estates, like basically a lot like Bluestone Manor. They have these big estates. And like – my husband and I have talked about, like, what would it be like to live in there? And we've both kind of looked at each other and be like, we'd be hanging out with ghosts of people who look like us. Like, there are definitely people of color, specifically black people, who have been murdered in houses like that. I just don't know how comfortable I would feel living in that house. But I think it's interesting that um, they use this ghost-ass music for Bluestone Manor because <laughs> I don't believe that um, – I don't believe that people of color haven't died there. Anyway, enough about the music. I'm obsessed with it, by the way. I'm obsessed with the music. It's been stuck in my head since. I, I cannot wait to hear more of it. But anyway, um, they got to the staff at Bluestone Manor working hard. Dorinda is panic preparing barefoot all over the house. She is, like I said, full swing Downton Abbeying her house. She's doing her version of Christine Baranski in Gilded Age. She calls herself the Lady of the Manor. She demands staff take notes when she's there. She tells us that all the ladies are coming and Jill is going to be a surprise for everyone. Um, Dorinda says that she has, you know, many, many beautiful memories at Bluestone Manor. And then, of course, we get a supercut of the Berserkshires for mention it all to made it nice. It's it's great. The ladies are traveling. Um, it's Vicky. Tamara and Taylor, the three blondes from the OC, are traveling together. And I mean that as in they actually live in OC. I know Taylor's from Beverly Hills. But they're all traveling together, and Vicky has already started complaining. Um, Eva and Phaedra are driving up from Connecticut, and essentially they're having a conversation that could – it's a polite on-camera version of a conversation that could be summarized as, what crazy white woman shit are we about to walk into? And I appreciate that. Phaedra says everybody has warned her about Brandy and especially Kenya. Kenya has told her Brandy is crazy. And essentially everyone is saying that they're scared of Brandy. And um, we get this like viewer's guide of who hates who. And again, everyone is apprehensive about Brandy. And several of these women are Scorpios, which like Dorinda says, doesn't really matter, but it comes up a lot. Um, Taylor explains why she hates Brandy. And it makes sense. It's all for good reason. She, Brandy was vicious to Taylor on her season of the show where Brandy was, as she'll remind us later, a friend of on season two. But season two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is where Taylor's outed about her or her husband's abuse is outed by Camille. Um, She has a full mental breakdown. Her husband dies by suicide. She is left with nothing. It's really, really bad. But Brandy says that, uh, but Taylor says that this is, you know, the reason why she's annoyed with Brandy. She hasn't seen her since season two reunion where Brandy was absolutely vicious to her and it just wasn't good. Um, Brandy says that she's a little worried too because she has bad blood with some of these women, including her and Tamara got into a fight over Twitter. Vicky this whole time is acting like such a um, entitled Karen that like I'm actually having a hard time watching her i wrote this note in the beginning of the episode but it's weird because by the end of the episode i'm like 
You'll see how I feel about Vicky and the things she says. But it was hard in the beginning of this episode to keep watching her, like, complain. Like, she's on another planet where she's just complaining. And it was hard to watch that in light of, like, everything that's going on, you know, with Roe being overturned. It's just, like, hard to watch this, like, conservative privileged white women complain about every single thing when there's other shit going on in the world. I don't know. It was hard. I also want to make a side note that these women's extensions are a mess, okay? I have extensions. I know how to take care of them. These women have a lot more money than me. Why do their extensions look like shit? Like, I have to wait eight weeks before I get my extensions moved up, but that's because I'm poor and I can't spend that kind of money every like four weeks, which you're actually supposed to do. I don't have that kind of money. They have this kind of money or maybe they don't. I don't know, but their extensions look like shit. They look dry and shitty. Um, anyway, Dorinda FaceTimes with the, uh, with the blondes in the car and she tells them to be nice to Brandy and they're like, no, Brandy should be nice to us. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, you guys can kill each other. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Um, anyway, the blondes and Taylor, the OC women and Taylor get there first. And um, and we get the rules of the manor, which is basically no shoes upstairs, no food or beverage upstairs, mind your manners, and any questions, talk to the lady of the manor. <laughs> just Dorinda. Okay, Dorinda. Again, Vicky's just being the worst. She's just complaining the whole time. She wants to whoop it up and find Dick, find some Massachusetts Dick, some Berkshire's Dick. And I just, I don't understand what she was walking into. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But she tells us that Steve broke up with her the night before filming. Quote, unquote, night before. I will say, I don't give a fuck about Vicky and C's relationship. I genuinely don't give a shit about their breakup story. I don't care because Vicky Gunvalson is a fucking liar. She makes shit up. She makes herself a victim. She is an asshole. I don't, it's not like I believe Steve because fuck that guy. But apparently we found out that once the breakup was like televised or like publicized, Apparently, Steve had broken up with her a year before or six months before, and she was she had just told everyone. So it's it's possible to me that Vicky was broken. <clears throat> it's possible that Vicky was broken up with a while ago, but she just decided to make it a night before thing for a storyline on television, which sounds about right, right? Like this is the same woman who helped her boyfriend fake cancer so that she could get sympathy casseroles. So fuck Vicky. I don't give a shit about her. She's pathetic. She bought herself an engagement ring and she hasn't had sex with him over a year. Like you're a fucking loser. I don't care about you. <sighs> Let's keep that in mind that this is how I feel about Vicky at this point in the show. Um, Brandy arrives next and she's the only one fully aware of the madness that has rained down on Bluestone Manor in the past because she's a big fan of the show. It's very pleasant watching her greet the other women. And I'm like, oh, she's she's doing great. Um, Brandy is shown to her room, though, and she doesn't take her shoes off. So I was like, I don't know what's going on here. She does have <laughs> her room has a pullout sofa. I mean, look, the room actually I, I wouldn't mind it because it looks cozy as hell. It looks it seems like a it seems like a room that like I would like to be in because I would just like cozy up. It would, be, I would cocoon up in that room. Um, but I also think that if I was around that much wallpaper and color, I would suffocate. I would feel like the walls are closing in on me and I cannot be around that. My aesthetic is very monochromatic, simple, clean. 
So being around that much wallpaper to me, mm -mm. no, ma'am. No, thank you. Being around, being, you know what, uh, Dorinda's style is actually called like a maximalist. It's maximalist uh, decoration style, interior design style. And I'm not a max at anything. I'm not even a maxinista. I just cannot be around that much color and like it's too busy. It's too busy for me, but good for you, Dorinda. Either way, if I was given a room in Bluestone Manor, I would fucking stay there. Okay, I don't care. Even with the ghosts. I would stay there. I think the room is super cute and Brandy needs to stop complaining. Although she's like, Brandy, I think it's like a full, what, like foot taller than me. She's like over six feet tall. So I maybe I would feel comfortable as a 5'3 woman sleeping in a sofa bed, but maybe her tall ass doesn't because she's tall. Anyway, Eva and Phaedra arrive next and Phaedra gets the famous fish room, which has been recently renovated, but it's still a terrifying, <laughs> still a terrifying room. Um, Eva says that she adores Vicky. Eva is fully excited about being on this television show around these women who she's been watching on TV. And Vicky, being the fucking Karen asshole that she is, she says she has no idea who Eva is. Of course, Vicky doesn't know anything besides herself. Anyway, Vicky, Tamara, and Taylor are um, sitting together outside. They're eating while Phaedra and Eva are shown in their room by Dorinda. And Vicky shares with the group how she was broken up with, but she also doesn't want to hear anything negative about Steve. Like she gets annoyed that Brandy is talking about Steve being an asshole or about the fact that, um, you know, or like Taylor being like, you need a different kind of man. It's like Vicky does this thing where she says something sad about herself. She doesn't actually want to hear about anything negative about it. She just wants – she wants to comfort casserole. We know that. We know that about Vicky. She's an insufferable and entitled and awful and impatient asshole. She wants to eat at her time. She's annoyed. Like, Vicky Vicky is – Vicky is West Coast Ramona. That's what she is. That's the best comparison I could make. Anyway, everyone sits down and they have lunch and they talk about Dorinda's book. And they ask her what the book is about. And Dorinda starts to talk about how she's been put put on pause by Bravo. And while everyone else says that they're fired, they also say, oh, okay, I guess we were all put on pause. <laughs> and at that moment, they realize that um, everybody who is at the room or at the, at, the part, at the party, at the house, are former housewives. Um, anyway, Eva and Phaedra share that they've known each other since they were kids. They all talk about relationships, how everybody knows everyone, who's close with who. And um, everyone starts drinking, and Taylor is immediately nervous about Brandy drinking. Um, can I just say, I don't know how I felt about Taylor Armstrong in the beginning of the show um, or when she was on TV, but... I do really enjoy watching her so far. I've only watched one episode, and this episode, the way they cut to Taylor looking at Brandy getting another glass of wine poured, she's like, oh, God. She's nervous about Brandy drinking because she knows what Brandy's like when she's drunk. So they start to talk about Taylor and Brandy's history on the show, and they agree that they should have a one-on-one. Um, they talk about Vicky's relationship and Steve starts to give really good – or Steve. Dorinda starts to give really good advice about Steve, and – She's like, fuck this dude. Fuck this dude. If somebody who crosses you, who gets to – I love the way during her talk. She says things like, who lays in bed with you, a lover. <laughs> I just love that way of talking. It's so – it's so specific. Like it's – I don't know. It's like 
it's like a way that you only talk about in like you only hear talked about in like books or like like no normal human talks that way about like relationships, right? Or like at least not anybody born in the 80s and beyond. Maybe people talk this way who are a lot older, but like I literally know no adult human being who has ever been like as a lover for them to betray you. <laughs> Someone who lays in bed with you like <laughs> I get what she's saying because she's not wrong. It's just the way that she talks. She's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a fucking, like, I don't know, like a Martin Scorsese film. Like, it's just so funny the way Dorinda talks, but I agree with her. Anyway, everyone talks about letting loose. Brandy says she wants a naked party and everyone's nervous because Brandy's a lot. But then we do get a preview, a sneak preview that in three days, in fact, people do get naked. They talk about sexuality and Brandy shares that she's like essentially sexually fluid. Everyone acts surprised except Tambra, who's obviously watched Raw Houses of Beverly Hills. And um, Brandy says she wants to basically be like Vicky's sex Yoda. And to that I say, unsubscribe. Take me off this mailing list. I'm not interested. I don't care. I, I would love to never, ever hear about it ever again. I don't ever want to – I don't want to see that show. I'm not interested. I If that show came on my TV, I would take my th- TV and I would throw it out the window. If you belong to the Watch Your Crap and Facebook group, to that I say, take me off this website, okay? I'm not interested, okay? And it's not because I'm a prude. It's because I don't give a shit about Vicky and I don't give a shit about Brandy, which is annoying because so much of this episode is overshadowed with them. Anyway, Vicky continues to be negative and naggy and annoying. Uh, they all leave after lunch. They're unpacking, all this stuff. Brandy goes to snuggle with Dorinda, and she wears her shoes into bed. She wears her shoes into Dorinda's bed. Dorinda's bed, which is now the Housewives United Nations. She considers it a safe place where anybody can come. I don't doubt that Dorinda actually is a very matronly – not matron, matronly makes her sound like a – Matronly makes her sound like a like a like a fuddy duddy. <laughs> Guys, it's morning and I have not had enough coffee. But it makes her sound like matronly. So it makes her sound matronly. I guess is the best. She's motherly, right? She's very nurturing. I don't. I think that both Dorinda and Jill um, are very mothering, nurturing women. Um, they're actually they're a way that I feel like I will probably be when I'm in my fifties. Um, because I love I love when people come to my house. I love when we have a snuggle sesh. I love when they confide in their deepest, darkest with me. And I love to give advice. And it's not like I'm well-equipped to give any fucking advice. Who the fuck am I? But I just like, I love a, I love when we get deep, you know? <laughs> and I can, I can totally, I would love to get deep with Dorinda um, in her bed, but not in a sexual way, in an emotional way. And it does seem like a great place to snuggle. Anyway, Brandy says that if Vicky doesn't want to have fun, she shouldn't have come. And here's my thing. Brandy at this point is already slurring. She's already – her speech is slowed down. She's already kind of out of sorts. She's – the day drinking is really taking a toll on Brandy. And Dorinda's like, honestly, just like leave her alone. Leave Vicky alone. Now here's the thing. Is Vicky being annoying and entitled and negative? Absolutely. She's being the fucking worst. She's complaining about everything, right? And I do think like – you knew where you were going, Going, you should have given it a Google. Stop acting weird, okay? 
Um, so stop acting like you had no idea what you were walking into. You were asked to be on the show and you went on because you're fucking desperate and you're obsessed with this, with being a person on reality TV. So you signed up for it. Now don't sit here and complain that you didn't know what you were walking into. You don't know what the Berkshires are, bugs, whoop it up, blah, blah, blah. Don't do that. That's annoying. But at the same time, Brandy is annoyed that Vicky says, like, Brandy also is coming in and saying, like, girls, like, let's have fun. Let's get naked. That's not the vibe here. Like, what do you – it's like they're two complete extremes, right? And now Brandy is complaining that if Vicky didn't want to have fun, she shouldn't have come. But it's like, Vicky doesn't want to have your kind of fun. I don't know what kind of fun Vicky wants to have. But Vicky doesn't want to have your kind of fun. It's not your problem. Just leave her alone. And I think Brandy's the kind of person who knows that Vicky is somebody who will judge her for the way that she parties for good reason, right? Like I would judge I would judge Brandy too if I watched her party that way. And she doesn't want to be around that. Brandy wants to be around people who only are like loving her and praising her and thinking that she's cool. That's what she wants. And I mean a lot of people, a lot of us want that, right? But Brandy does it in a way that one could say is unstable, <laughs> which goes into our next conversation. Tamara comes and Brandy and Tamara talk and Brandy says that Tamara called her unstable and we get a clip of what happened. She didn't call her unstable. They asked Brandy, they asked Tamara about Kelly and she said, Kelly Dodd is unstable. She's a lot like Brandy. And that can be taken out of context in many ways. And I think essentially that's what Tamara's trying to say is that it was taken out of context. Kelly is unstable And she is like Brandy in that she says whatever's on the top of her mind. She has no filter. Anyway, Brandy then got really upset and she reacted, mm, I'd say, like somebody who is unstable, right? Um, Anyway, Tamara is – the way that she's dealing with Brandy, it makes Tamara somehow the most likable person here. I mean, obviously besides Eva and Phaedra. But out of the white women (laughs) – Tamara is somehow the most likable person there. And it's crazy to see her be the voice of reason, knowing that Tamara is an awful human being. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but essentially they end on good terms here and they say we're going to play nice. Dorinda is doing a clam bake and um, I don't, I've never been to a clam bake and I wouldn't be interested. And in, I'm never interested in eating food where I have to do work. Unless it's like a cheese board, which just involves, you know, taking pieces of cheese and putting it together on crackers and stuff. I'm not interested in um, going to a thing where I have to crack open the meat out of shells. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't. And I would also need Dorinda to walk me through it. Um, But anyway, we also get a shot of the confessional, which is, what is it? What is it, that room? Is it a storage room? Did they purposely make it look that way? Did they scramble last minute to make that room? I'm not sure. But it kind of is an amalgamation of this cast all together, right? Like they're all a mess. They're all a mess. And um, and that's kind of what the confessional room is too. It's a mess. Before dinner, Taylor and Brandy sit and have a one-on-one talk and um, – it's a conversation where Brandy makes herself a victim, and it was an extremely upsetting conversation for me to watch. Brandy says that um, the year that she was on the show, her first season on the show, which was season two, 
and that was Taylor's last season on the show. Brandy says it was the worst year of her life because she was going through a divorce. A man she knew died. And then she finds out that the man she knew who died beat a woman who she was on the show with. And so that makes it bad for her, but not the woman he was married to who he beat. Okay. So I'm confused and mad, and I'm glad Taylor is confused and mad too. She's like, what the fuck? Brandy continues to say, it was the worst night of, it was the worst year of my life because of game night and the girls were being so mean and then Russell dying. And I was like devastated and I didn't like how quickly you got over it. And she also doesn't understand why Taylor would go on TV with all of this stuff happening. And I was like, okay, Brandy fucking sucks. I don't care how drunk you are in this moment, but this is this is actually how you feel. You are only thinking about yourself. She basically says like, I didn't do anything on the show that was bad. Um, and Taylor's, Taylor's talking to this absolute lunatic like a person with sense and – and she's talking to she's talking to Brandy like she has unfortunately been around unhinged people who only care about themselves and she has unfortunately a lot of experience dealing with this kind of crazy. But Taylor says that she thought the cameras would protect her and that's why she went on the show. And Brandy says, "Is that why you outed it, the abuse?" And it's so fucked up. Taylor's like, "No, I never intended for that to be outed." And Brandy says, I just wasn't sure if you were just like this girl on reality TV to, who just like got on reality TV to throw her husband under the bus. It's like so fucking offensive that she's talking to this woman who's had to have her entire face reconstructed because of her horrific husband's physical abuse who dies by suicide, leaves her with a bunch of debt, and all this is happening on TV. Like for her to view – Taylor that way like some reality TV some girl who just wants to be on reality TV to throw her husband in the bus actually tells me that Brandy is that girl Brandy is the kind of girl who would go on reality TV to throw everyone under the bus like Brandy is someone who uses TV time as a weapon against people that is actually who Brandy is what she thinks Taylor is is actually who Brandy is but Taylor, like I said, I think she has experience talking to this kind of crazy. She plays nice and ends it because I think she realizes that there's no there's no reasoning with this moron. This person just wants her to be, quote unquote, forgiven. And Taylor's like, I'll give you this so that you don't fucking talk to me again about this, you know? Anyway, the ladies sit down for the clam bake. It has icebreakers. And they ask, uh, the first one is um, Dorinda's question, which is, what is your biggest insecurity? And Dorinda says, to be irrelevant. <laughs> and Brandy says, she's afraid of not being back on Housewives. <laughs> and Dorinda hits us with the, you better back that up. But, I mean, Brandy's not wrong. I think, I think that Dorinda is worried about being irrelevant eventually when she's no longer on Hustles. But I do want to say this, that Dorinda was a relevant person in New York City before she was on Housewives. And I think that what she means is like, it is, I, I don't know who said it, but I do think that she means she is afraid of being irrelevant in the world. And when she dies, that there's like, she's done nothing in the world, you know, to make a mark or whatever. 
But um, I don't think that being on Housewives, I mean, being on Housewives definitely made her more relevant, but Dorinda was already somebody in New York before the show. Anyway, um, Dorinda cracks lobsters for everyone and she serves Phaedra a succulent lobster tail and it's a lot. Like I was like, ooh, Phaedra, I don't know how you'd feel about it. But then <laughs> Phaedra says, this multi-million dollar house is so beautiful. You could put your fingers in my mouth and a stick up my butt if you want. <laughs> okay, Phaedra. <laughs> Work. Um, anyway, then Brandy brings up the conversation with Taylor again. She starts to talk about the whole thing would seize her first season on the show, how her first season was so bad. And Brandy tells the women, this was hard for me when Russell died. And at this point she's fully drunk. She's fully drunk. She's slurring. And Taylor, I think because she has the rest of the women at the table to back her up is now talking to her because she's like, okay, you're going to talk about it. The group, I will talk about myself. You made fun of me for writing a book. And Brandy literally says, I did nothing wrong in this situation. And Taylor explains that she wrote the book because Brandy thinks, oh, well, you, you know, you profited off of a dark situation, which like, okay, make lemonade out of your lemons. Let her do that. It's none of your business. But Taylor explains that she wrote the book because that was the only way she was going to make money after her husband left her and her daughter with nothing because he died by suicide and had a bunch of debt and was a very dark, like sad person. And Taylor's life was in shambles from this man who abused her, who broke her face for years and years. And Brandy says she didn't know that. And Taylor's like, well, it's because you don't ask. You just make assumptions. And Brandy at this point just keeps saying, I was a friend of, as if it means something. Like, so what if you were a friend of? Like, Brandy is so drunk and she's so caught up in her mind. It's She's not making any sense. And Vicky has to be like, what is it? What is it to you that you were a friend of? Who cares? What is it to you that someone you know died by suicide and then his ex-wife who is pot, who, not even ex-wife, his wife, who is has a much more intimate relationship with this man than you, Brandy, writes a book about her experience living with this man who abused her, writes a, a book about her life. What is it to you? And then her reason is, I didn't ask you questions because I was a friend of. What does that mean? What does that mean? But she tells Vicky to shut the fuck up. And Vicky's like, you're not going to do that. You're not going to talk to me that way. And it's crazy that at the end of this, out of the two annoying extremes, that I agree with Vicky. Okay, I started this episode by saying, I don't give a fuck about Vicky. But here I am being like, if two people are going to go at each other, make it those two. Because I don't care about either of you, but then you go and fight with each other. There are no winners in this fight because you're both losers. You're both annoying. You're both entitled women. I don't care about you. This vibe is not for me. But if anybody's going to fight with each other, let it be the two crazies so everybody else can get away from it, you know? Anyway, that's it for this episode. Um, I'm going to talk about episode two with my brother on our Patreon, and then I'm going to release that episode later on in the week um, for free maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll just release it for free on the Patreon. So everybody who supports us on the Patreon or not can um, check it out there. 
Um, and then I will uh, release episode we'll, – well, I'll talk about episode three and four um, later on next week with uh, Tom Hamlet. Next week. as in, It's Sunday. Later on this week with Tom Hamlet. Um, so there's going to be a lot of episodes on the main feed this week. Um, so I might take a break for July, July 4th uh, week. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. Like I said, check out the links um, in the notes of this episode. And um, be well, take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.